I'm Ashling Keenan and you're listening to Every Mum the Podcast, now in its 12th season and supported by Water Wipes, the number one baby wipe brand in Ireland, made with simply two ingredients and nothing else. When I had my daughter, I wanted something I could trust to use on her skin and Water Wipes were, and still are, the one. I once made the mistake of trying a different brand never again. I did not realise just how much of a difference there could be between two fairly similar brands, but it was huge. My daughter is now two and a half and I panic if I don't have at least one pack of water wipes within line of sight. With that in mind, I'm happy to say this season is supported by that most essential of products for every mum, water wipes. Winners of seven National Parenting Product Awards 2023, including Best Baby Wipes and Best Baby Skincare Essential, they are ideal for delicate newborn skin. Together, we are committed to providing more support for parents with trusted products and this podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Every Mum the Podcast. I'm Ashley Keenan. I'm your host. And my guest this week is Rob Burke. So Rob is actually a friend of mine and he is one of the most articulate people I know. And so I knew that he'd be the perfect person to speak to about the experiences of a new dad. From pregnancy, where he says he felt his duty was just to take care of his wife, to the delivery suite and cutting the umbilical cord and being a human stirrup, (laughs) to his daughter Pippa's first six months of life. He's gone through the ups and downs of parenthood alongside his wife Becca and shares lessons he's learned along the way. I've had so many mothers join me and talk about their experiences that I felt the role of dad was being overlooked a little bit. So I'm delighted to say Rob's episode with me remedies that. I hope you enjoy. Rob, you're joining me this morning from the Maldives and it's making me feel physically unwell because I am in Ireland and the weather could not possibly be worse. How smoked do you feel? Tell I me. I very much like to be in Ireland, uh, but scheduling, yeah, right. scheduling is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I don't believe you for a second. Um, so thanks for, thank, like, I know I always say thanks to every guest when we start recording, but I really need to thank you because you are in the Maldives on holiday and you still decided to give me an hour of your time. So it's very much appreciated. Um, we're here to talk about you, you basically, and the fact that you are a new dad, because I've had tons and tons and tons of moms on. And something that really interested me when I was having Lydia was how my husband was coping with it, you know, and how he was during my pregnancy, seeing that he was essentially useless. Um, apart from obviously the support and stuff, but in terms of the growing of the baby, he couldn't really do a huge amount. So how old is Pippa now? You have a little gorgeous daughter. How old is she now? Five months? Uh, six months. Uh, six, six months and two weeks. Six months and two weeks. It's funny, isn't it? When they're that young, you still count the weeks. Like you, yeah. <laughs> like now I just vaguely say, oh yeah, Lydia's two and a half. I haven't actually got a clue how old she is. You know what I mean? Like specifically, but at that age, you still kind of count uh, those times. So when you- the weeks, are, the weeks are very important. This is a, I have to, to cross reference it with my, my wonder weeks app to find out how crazy she's going to be that week. 
Ah, so, uh, you're on the out. Wonder Weeks app. Mm. I don't How fully do believe that? it, but uh, yeah, uh, like I think sometimes it's you know you know those days where you're just you're like you're looking for an explanation, <laughs> like yes. like why is why is this child doing this? And yeah. sometimes that's an explanation. Sometimes it's not. So uh, like everything else, I think with a pinch of salt. I kind of found it like because loads of people recommended it to me, um, and I downloaded it and I started using it. But then it, uh, what I found was I would look ahead to like you know whatever leap we're about to encounter and I would be dreading that and going oh my god I'm not going to get any sleep that week and oh look it lasts for 11 days what you know and I'd be really panicked and then I I started thinking that's not good for me to be like and and sometimes Lydia was absolutely fine but I would have built it up in my head and I kind of feel like she sensed my um you know my dread about the whole thing so I ended up having to stop using it because that you know that looking ahead and dreading didn't do me any favors although I I do understand that sometimes when it gives you an explanation you're like ah it's the four month sleep regression and you're like this is why we hate our kid this week (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah I mean I think it's like any of those things like it's 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 incredibly unlikely that that is the the most accurate and precise determination for every single kid yeah Uh, yeah I think it's it's useful to have like as a data point oh this is what might be happening now mm-hmm. um yeah so the weeks matter mm, they do at that age so Pippa six, six months and two weeks and uh yes. talk to me about when you and your lovely wife found out you were pregnant what was your because Pippa's your first child so like what was your kind of initial thought process when you when you discovered that you were pregnant were you like okay what can I do here or were you like uh I'm in a panic or how how did you take that whole thing so before we got pregnant with Pippa we'd had a miscarriage like pretty early or pretty soon before um so we'd gotten pregnant like Becca had gotten pregnant I played a small part uh last (laughs) I want to say it was like May and then we had a miscarriage at the start of July it was like July 4th weekend um that was obviously a bummer um and, you know, we were, we were pretty down on, on, on all the rest. So, but, you know, Becca thankfully wasn't, she was in pretty good shape physically after it, you know, as, as much as you can be. Obviously, emotionally, it was a, it was a bummer, but uh, she was in good shape. So we were like, okay, and Becca's a very impatient person. So we're like, okay, let's let's go back on the horse, go again. Um, so we'd been trying, uh, we'd been trying again pretty much straight away as soon as the, the doctors had said it was okay for Becca to try. Um, so it was like, uh yeah, I think it was September, the start of September, um, we did the pregnancy test. And <laughs> uh, we did one of those early tests, like those two-day early tests. Um, and Becca was like, oh, I can't look, I can't look. So I looked at it and like, I don't know, I, I just didn't see the line or whatever. I was like, oh, no, no, not, not this time. You know, it was sad. It was like, look, you know, we always yeah. knew it probably wasn't going to happen straight away. Uh, yeah. You know, we'll, you know, there's always next month, whatever. Um, so... You know, and she was kind of bummed, and I think we both kind of worked ourselves up for it. So she, she, she was kind of a, a bit sad. But I, t- I tossed the test in the, in the trash, and that was it. And uh, we were back on a better day. Then, like half an hour later, she was like, "I just, oh, I just want, I just want to see it." So she went and looked at it, and it turned out there was a line there, and we were pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Do you yeah. know what that that worries me though? Because there's a thing with those tests where the line if it doesn't show up within the first 10 minutes or whatever, you, you have to disregard it. So the fact, cause like, I remember when I was doing multiple pregnancy tests over a months, like 
you'd leave it down on the toilet and forget about it and you'd go off and then you'd come back and it would have, you know, two full lines. Um, and you'd be like, oh my God, we'll do another one. And then I was, now, you know, I wasn't pregnant. So that concerns me. I'm glad that you actually had got a baby on board at that stage because <laughs> my nerves. Oh yeah, it was, you know, it was a, it was mostly just me being called an idiot for a while, but then we were super happy. Yeah. You know, we were trying. Um, <laughs> So yeah, we were obviously really excited. We've been trying, you know. We I think we felt as ready as we were gonna be. Um, yeah. Well, I don't know. I still don't feel ready, but I felt as ready as I was going to. Um, and then yeah, it was just then we kind of went back into the oh shit, what a oh, I'm not a curse. Anyway, then oh, we you got are, back yeah. into you can, yeah. you can curse. <laughs> okay. Yeah, trust. Um, Do you know? The, funnily the, enough, children don't listen to the podcast. It tends to be their parents. <laughs> <laughs> excellent, excellent. Either way, then we were like, uh, oh no, now we've got to worry about you know, will we miscarry again? You know, because we never really had an explanation for the Fair, first yeah, time. Yeah, um, yeah. So it was like, just kind of nervousness, I guess. And like, getting up to the point that we lost that earlier pregnancy was like a big mm-hmm. deal. And then mm-hmm. getting past that was really, that felt like a huge achievement. Um, and we had one scare. We were in, where were we? We were in Vegas or somewhere. We were away for a weekend. Um, and like, Becky got sick one morning and like, you know, bled a little bit. And we were like super scared. Um, this is before, this was like pretty early on. It was maybe eight weeks or something, seven or eight weeks. Uh, so we went to like an urgent care clinic, like Googling urgent care in Las Vegas. <laughs> so we went to this urgent care women's clinic, like near, near where we were staying. And um, yeah, we were convinced like, oh, we, you know, we'd lost it again. Becca bled a lot, she, you know, whatever. We're like, look, let's see how it goes, let's see how it goes. Um, and yeah, they brought her in and did an ultrasound. That was actually the first time uh, Becca heard the heartbeat was uh, was at that uh, kind of uh, in Vegas. How glamorous! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, of all places. This was not this is not a glamorous part of Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> well, <we'd imagine> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. An urgent care clinic, a women's health clinic in Vegas at six a.m. on a Sunday morning is not a is not a snazzy place to be. Okay, <laughs> um, fair. Yeah, you're painting a picture yeah. for me here. <laughs> yeah. <fair>. <laughs> <laughs> And, yeah, and then from then on, like there was, there, you know, there were obviously a bunch more ups and downs. But um, yeah, yeah, I think from that point on, we we both felt way more. I don't know. I felt like uh, I don't know. Becca, Becca was always convinced that like she we didn't know it was her, she had the time. But from that moment on, Becca was convinced like, oh, you know, she's a strong little one. She's gonna be good. Um, um, and yeah, that was it. It's funny you should say that about Becca, f- sensing that she's strong. Like I, I weirdly had that sense as well because I had a horrendous pregnancy as I shite on about all the time and I I was so sick but I never for a second was worried about Lydia in there I was like no she's fine like I knew I just had this like real sense of calmness that she was fine did you feel because you couldn't you, you know physically you weren't involved I mean at the very beginning obviously you were physically you weren't involved in the growing of the baby did you feel a bit useless like did you feel a bit like powerless to control what was going on or how, how did that kind of affect you yeah I did I mean definitely felt completely useless because you know for the baby there was nothing I could do or whatever for the clump of cells at that point there was nothing I could do um you know for Becca there was obviously things I could try and do um but even though, even that wasn't necessarily, you know, <laughs> that might change from day to day. You know, what Becca needed yes. on a given day yeah, might yeah, change. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a, there's definitely a sense of like, I have no control here. 
it's very hard to know exactly what to do to be most helpful. Um, and you're kind of at the same time, like I mean, Becca, I describe Becca's pregnancy as tough at times, as tough at times. But I mean, she felt it was a breeze. You know, for her, it was. She just had this huge sense of purpose throughout it. She was like, even the bits that were a bit rough, um, you know, having like Becca's kind of got a bit of a fear of needles, but I don't think she does anymore. But she did, <laughs> and like having to get blood drawn and, and having to get injections and stuff. Like she, that never phased her. She was like, I'm doing this for our baby. So, you know, for her, it was like this great source of strength or whatever. Um, whereas for me, I was like, I know she doesn't like getting needles and she's got to get loads of needles. And there's absolutely nothing I can do about it or can sit here and try not to say the wrong thing. <laughs> yeah, it was a, it's a bit of a tightrope at times. Um, but then like, you know, I think we got into grooves, you know, throughout the various phases of the pregnancy where something would be working for a couple of weeks, whether it was a, you know, certain type of food or whether it was, mm-hmm. the, you know, massages or whatever it was. Um, and then that would work until it didn't. And then we'd, we'd learn something new. <laughs> but yeah, definitely a sense of like, sense of being an onlooker sometimes. Um, and yes, like, especially in some of the ultrasounds and stuff, like, not an intruder necessarily, but like, very much like a distant third part of all of this. You know, mm-hmm. there was like the baby, there was Becca, and then there was like a vast open field, and then somewhere in the sidelines was me. Um, yeah. And did that feel like? Did that feel because? Did like my husband was saying to me, he just felt very excluded from the whole thing in in at times. Did did you feel excluded, or did you feel a sense of connection to the the baby that was growing, or how did you kind of? involve yourself with her before she came out basically i had no connection to her before she came out none um like i was very much and i used to say this to people when, when i was talking about especially some of the like the difficulties you have to your pregnancy mm. like it sounds a bit crass but i was like i don't care about the baby i care that Beck is okay like and if, if this doesn't work out we'll try again and we'll try again and we'll do whatever we need to do but i had no attachment to that baby or that fetus or whatever um maybe a little bit towards the very end when when like she looked like a full human in the ultrasounds and stuff but no even then like it was i was very much always good i was my focus is always that becca was okay you know where throughout the pregnancy whatever happened um Mm -hmm. and even if something like even if if there had been some tragic outcome to the pregnancy even later on in the pregnancy i still wouldn't have been sad i wouldn't have like mourned the loss of that kid or fetus or whatever it was it would have been more i'm sad because mm-hmm. becca's sad um mm-hmm. so yeah up until pippa arrived i was totally focused on becca um mm-hmm. which in turn like you know she was I, th- I think it worked for us like she was totally focused on who was becoming pippa and i was totally focused on her uh and that kind of worked for us yeah yeah i did to be fair that's kind of the the best way for it to be even in the kind of immediate postpartum period in like the fourth trimester or whatever like I remember one of the midwives in the hospital saying to me your responsibility is keeping the baby alive and his responsibility or the you know whoever the partner's responsibility is keeping you happy and healthy and comfortable and to be fair like it does only take one person to keep a baby alive in those early days and typically particularly if breastfeeding is involved it it relies solely on the mother um but something you just said there reminded me of an embarrassing instant when I was pregnant. You know, though you were saying that what Becca needed would change day day to day. I can I can echo that vigorously 
because <laughs> I was always needing and asking for different things from Dean. And one of the days he walked into our bedroom and I was standing there sobbing. The reason I was standing there sobbing was because I felt my knees looked different. My knees, as in the piece of <laughs> like chunky flesh between my calves and my thighs. I, I thought they were changing. And I thought the pregnancy was causing this. So I was sobbing. And obviously that's not logical. And why would I be crying over something so completely irrelevant but when you're pregnant and you have all those hormones sometimes your knees do make you cry so I was standing there and I was sobbing and I was going and he came in and he was like what's wrong and I was like my knees are changing and he was like it's fine they change all the time this is normal this is gonna happen and I was like do they change all the time and he was like yes like day to day your needs will change and I was like no not my needs my knees <laughs> and like when I say we laughed and he still to this day he still says things to me like you have ever-changing knees and we laugh and it's like just that epitomizes how bonkers things can be between a couple during a pregnancy like it's just things things get out of control so You've gotten through the pregnancy and you've been supporting Beck all the way along. Uh, what was the birth like for you? And I remember you telling me that you had like roots to the hospital, kind of you practiced your route to the hospital and stuff like that. So something tells me you, you were very logistically in control, but how did it actually pan out for you? Yeah, well, like I suppose at that point, <laughs> the few things I was able to control or influence they got a lot of my attention, you know, um, <laughs> like, you know, che checking, you know, hospital bags and making sure we knew exactly what was going to happen and like making sure our birth plan was written up and like our backup plan and like all this stuff. And like, you know, we'd read a couple of books. There was a couple of books that Becca really loved, like a, a hypnobirthing one, um, which I was really put off by the name of, but actually turned out to be reasonably practical. Um, and then there was this other like birth skills book that, that, that we read as well from some like Australian lady, Juju Sunday, I think. Anyway, it's like read the books, had all the routes to the hospital planned, had the birth plan done, had, yeah, at that point it was like, well, let's control the controllables. Like, what are the things that we can actually influence here? And like, um, but then it was like Pippa's due date was the, fuck, I'm going to forget what it actually was now. The 9th of May, maybe? Um, no, can't, it must have been the 19th. Yeah. Yeah, it was the 19th, I think. Um, and, you know, Becca had it in her head. She was going to come early. You know, there a couple of her like, what would they be? Cousins, I guess, or aunts, uh, kids mm. would come early. Um, mm. and like I think her, her youngest sister would come early or something. So she's mm. convinced Pippa was gonna come early. So like in her head, Pippa's due date was actually like the fifth of May or something. Mm. <laughs> so obviously that came and went. <laughs> and then uh, we got closer to the actual due date, and then he was kind of talking to her gyne gynecologist here, uh, or in, in Seattle, and you know, she was like, uh, how do we, you know, how far over can I go? And uh, he was a lovely guy. This is the closest I saw to him and Becca like falling out. He was like, yeah, eight days. And she was like, nope. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they, basically she was like, like, when do we start talking about induction? When, you know, all this type of stuff. And she didn't actually want to be induced. Um, and she didn't kind of want to have a C-section or anything. She, she, she wanted to have a, like, just a kind of vaginal delivery that was spontaneous or whatever. Um, but then, then she also wanted to meet Pippa very soon. 
Uh, and it wasn't like a, there was definitely, was definitely some discomfort in those final few few days and weeks, but it was more just, I think, impatience to meet her. Uh, you know, yeah. she'd been growing this person for whatever, 40 weeks at that point. Um, but yeah, so as it happens, we were a few days over and we had, so they, they scheduled an induction, like I think a week over, which was the earliest they would schedule it. Um, mm-hmm. So Becca like convinced them, uh, told them they were going to schedule it for them. Um so yeah, it ended up being like kind of we were scheduled to go in and start the induction, and it was a uh, the way it works in in the place we delivered. It was um, they usually have the people who are being induced to come in like kind of late in the evening, so like eight nine okay. p.m. Um, and then they start the I forget the name of the drug, but anyway, they start the kind of induction process overnight. Um, I guess with the hope of of kind of kicking labor off the next day. Um, yeah, we, I dropped her up on like Thursday night, and I couldn't stay because we had Daisy. So like I was like dropping her up. Oh like, yeah, it was pretty. Yeah, like it was, and like obviously we don't we don't have any kind of family in Seattle. So uh, yeah, um, I dropped her up, and it was a pretty swanky kind of a delivery suite. Um, it was pretty nice. Uh, so yeah, she got comfortable. It's kind of like a hotel room basically. She got all set up, um, and then yeah, they started the the induction stuff at like midnight, and I think the uh, the nurse who was kind of starting that with her was like, look. This is probably going to take like you know 18 hours maybe longer to get going so don't be rushing you know take these drugs get to sleep um we'll move you over to the induction part was actually separate to the delivery part we'll mm-hmm. move you over to the delivery ward tomorrow um so yeah becca took the, took the pills i went home to bed to daisy and then like she didn't tell me this till the next morning because at 6 a.m i woke up and got a text saying oh i'm in the delivery suite and um, come over as soon as you can <laughs> <laughs> and apparently at, at around 3 a.m things had started kind of moving i guess um so yeah but she didn't want to wake me or whatever she didn't she didn't feel the need to tell me so, <laughs> yeah she uh i went to, i went home expecting to go back to her in the the induction place uh but yeah. ended up meeting her back in the, in the delivery suite at like That's- 6 or 7 the next morning can I just say that's incredibly considerate of her to not want to wake you at 3 a.m. <laughs> like, yeah, it was like, I think it was one of those things where she was like, look, it's the baby's not going to actually come before yeah, six. Fair. Yeah, and, fair. You know, it, yeah. It, it's not me. It's Daisy. She wanted someone with Daisy for longer. Like, fair, fair. Me, she wake up at a drop of for- for listeners, uh, Daisy is the dog. There isn't another. <laughs> there isn't another resident of your home. It's just it's the dog, not just the just dog. Daisy is obviously important. Yeah. yeah, um, the first child, so, the first child, yeah, the first child. Yeah, like Maisie for me. Um, yeah. so when when you went back then and she was in delivery, how quickly did things progress from there then? And were you like, how did you fit? Like, talk to me about like, did you speed to the hospital because you were like, oh Jesus, it's happening, or were you like? cool calm and collected like I need to know how you how you handle things because I know not that I know how Becca, Becca was handling things but I, I I've been through the experience from a mother's perspective so I need to know you know what was going on in your head were you nervous were you anxious were you excited were you all three um everything all of the above <laughs> but because I didn't know when I was heading back over to the hospital I didn't actually know at that point she had uh Sorry, yeah, she didn't, she didn't actually tell me till basically I left. So I wasn't like rushing getting ready or anything. I was just getting up, showering, I was expecting back there. Then she told me like as I was leaving and then I probably drove a little bit faster, but not. I had this weird thing like uh, where I was like, no, I'm going to be a father now. I must drive responsibly. Um, so like, you know, like, I think I like, drove the speed limit and got there or whatever time um, and went up. Yeah, like it was, again, this is the wrong way to describe it, but like, 
in the days leading up to the induction, I had this like this incent, like this sense of like impending doom. But like obviously not doom, but like just this this sense of like being on the precipice of something that was like everything was gonna be different. And it was gonna be the same. Like nothing was gonna change at some level. In the world, nothing was gonna change. This like tiny dot in the universe would change slightly. But like my world was about to get very different. And it was like there was this sense of like other people don't understand it. Like the closest I have, and like it's kind of morbid, but like when my mom died in 2019, I was like, oh, my world is now really different forever. But everyone else's world is basically the same. Sure, some people who knew her, like, you know, their world's changed slightly, but like it was definitely this sense of like weird, this is the biggest thing that's ever happened. And, you know, really only matters to like a handful of people. Like for the people working in the delivery place, it was like just another day, just another baby, just another whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for us, it was like, yeah. So I had this huge sense of like just impending change or whatever. Um, but then as I got over there that day, I was pretty zen um, because it was like, okay, Becca's in the safest place she could be. Uh, mm-hmm. We're in exactly, we're in the exact place we need to be. We know exactly what we want to happen. Uh, we know that it might not go that way. And we have these backup plans and he's like, uh, these different approaches we can take and there's very little we can control so yeah it was pretty chill in a weird way um mm-hmm. yeah and i was kind of like trying i suppose i was intentionally trying to be trying to err on the side of chillness because i knew becca was not going to be chill <laughs> so yeah it was like uh i think we we both do a pretty good job of like yeah being the opposite of the other when we need to like if i'm all hyped up about something that will like you know level me out a bit uh, and i try and do that uh, at times for her as well um mm-hmm. but yeah and it wasn't that she was like all hyped up because like pain or anything like that she again just sheer impatience like she's a very impatient lady and you know she's been waiting to meet this kid for like uh you know again 41 weeks at this point um 41 yeah, weeks I, I got but, over there. but like 41 weeks and potentially a lot of her life bear in mind because yeah yeah you know what i mean like as in people who want to be a mother like they 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 know that from or most most people I don't want to say everybody because it was it was different for me I wasn't someone who went through my life knowing you know with with a sense of awareness that I would be a mother or anything like that I just kind of arrived to a certain point and then was like yes actually I do want to have I do want to grow my family but like I Becca strikes me as someone who had a want to be a mother for a long time so it's 40 weeks plus potentially years so i can yeah, understand her impatience <laughs> yeah yeah, that, yeah that's actually a good way of framing it yeah because she definitely was like she she always knew she wanted to be wanted to be a mom um so yeah you know that is that's pretty fair yeah um mm. but yeah she was quite impatient um <laughs> after you know uh 41 weeks plus a few years um and what about yeah, so, yeah. so when, when when you got there then did you you went up to the delivery suite and what phase of progress or whatever was was becca in i think she was like maybe one or two centimeters dilated um like things had just started but it wasn't like honestly we probably if she hadn't have been getting induced we probably wouldn't have been even been at the point where we needed to go to the hospital yet um yes. i think what it, what had happened overnight was like she had gotten to there pretty quickly so that's why they chose to move her over. But then things basically slowed down a bit. Um, and over the course of the morning, I think she got to maybe five, six centimeters dilated by lunchtime. Um, and then she 
we were donating, and that, that was you know pretty chill. We were just nurses were coming in, checking things, checking vitals. Again, we was had to ourselves. Was she just like, no, no, no. She was kind of a. She was fine. She was kind of walking around the place. She, you know, every now and again, she'd have some, you know, um, maybe a slightly more intense contraction. Um, yeah. But no, by and large, she was pretty mobile. She was pretty. Uh, she was in pretty good form. Um, mm. And what were you doing again, to help or to take part? Were you just sitting there chilling, or were you like? walking with her or you know what what was your role varied based on the moment um but some of it was like we were doing like massages or like um you know just just chatting to distract her some of it was you know she'd be kind of breathing you know and i'd just breathe with her some of it was just stay very quiet for a few minutes then you know let becca let becca do becca um yeah and that that was i think where a lot of the the conversations we had in the run-up to it really helped because we we kind of knew that we're we knew what she might need would change moment to moment, um, and this is where I think I've definitely spoken to a few other dads about this. Like, it's you really you have to. There's a tiny voice in the back of your head that's like, he's being an unreasonable fuck. Like, there's there's a tiny tiny voice where you're like, this come on, this is not you know that's just mean, um, and it's. It's really, I think, like, you just got to check your ego and be like, look, this isn't about us today. This is, like, <laughs> we're passengers in this ride. Um, and, yeah, it's like, there's definitely a moment or two, even on the day, where I was like, oh, that's a bit harsh. But, you know, you very quickly have to squash that and be like, no, 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 let's remember what's happening here. And maybe, you know, I know for some of my mates, they were like, uh, that didn't even cross their mind. And then for, for some of them, they were like, yeah, yeah there was definitely a moment or two where I wanted to be like, oh, here, hold on. But, <laughs> you know, you just have to remember it. No, 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 this is not about us today. Um, you know, that that I, I've watched a million episodes of One Born Every Minute. Have you ever watched One Born Every Minute? I've probably no. seen it in the background. Uh, in the back. I'm sure, I'm sure Becca has probably watched some episodes, but it's basically um, about a maternity hospital in the UK where, you know, couples come in and it, the camera follows them from when they walk into the hospital till when the baby is delivered. And often I see uh, dads or or partners birthing partners mostly dads though it has to be said because sometimes women might bring in their their mothers or their sisters or um same-sex partners to deliver their babies but dads in particular seem to get a lot of shit and seem to accept the shit that they're getting and and on a normal day you'd be like that poor man but when it's when it's in a delivery suite, you're like, okay, they deserve everything you're getting here because you're literally about to push a human out of your pelvis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, it is. It's 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 definitely one of those fair game moments. You're just like, you know what? This is not the this is not the time to be getting upset about, you know, the exact way that thing was phrased or, you know, uh, you know, a, a missing please or thank you. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, it's not not the moment, not the moment. Um but yeah, so like she was just kind of chilling. Um and yeah, it was like it was it was a, it was a nice day. Like it's it's a I suppose it's, a, it's I don't know if it's a strange way to describe it or not, but it was just a nice day. It was like apart from these like flashes of really intense whatevers, uh, it was just the two of us chilling. You know, we were like <laughs> Becca had uh, she decided early on in her pregnancy that like uh, she wanted like comedy, uh, you know, on like iPads or whatever to be able to watch. Um, and like we basically had everything Tommy Tiernan's ever uh, done uh, so we were just watching Tommy Tiernan uh, for a lot of the day um, and like she was we watched at some point I don't know she's probably 30, 32 weeks pregnant and she was like no no I have to turn this off I'm actually about to go into labour uh, <laughs> so we were we were watching that and 
like I swear to like she couldn't remember half of it like even though she seemed fine like I was chatting to her or whatever and then afterwards I was like oh yeah do you remember when this bit happened and, and just before lunch came and she was like were you watching Tommy Karen in there I was like yeah and she was like nope not a clue uh, and like she, she hadn't taken any drugs friends at that point it was just I think she was so focused on mm-hmm. you know the sensations she was feeling and what was going on in their body that like yeah everything else was just it wasn't getting there wasn't getting committed to memory This podcast is just one way that every mum supports you. Another amazing way is our free gift bag, packed full of essentials for you and baby, including free samples of water wipes, the number one baby wipe in Ireland. To receive yours, register now on everymum.ie. There's a free gift bag there waiting for every mum. Was there any point where you thought that you would, that when she clearly was in pain, did you think I'd love to be able to shoulder some of that for her? It's okay to say no. <laughs> it's, it's not, like, that wouldn't have been my first, like, that had never really been my first. My first thought would be like, how can you not be in pain? Like, you know, it's yeah, not so much yeah, like, yeah. I want to be in pain <laughs> too. Uh, I mean, if that's the only option, I'll consider it for sure. But um, no, it was like, it was, it was definitely, yeah, there was definitely moments where like, where she was really uncomfortable um, or where it got a bit tougher later on in the day where I was like, like, I just, just helpless and sad like not sad but like because obviously it was all in service of a greater purpose or whatever or like a good outcome but yeah there was definitely moments where i was like in any other situation i'd be like stop whatever's going on here like stop whatever this is it's not worth it um but yeah again even for becca like it was like she just had this such a strong will sense of like this is all worth it like that was just something that was there for her again from the very earliest stages of pregnancy um and I kind of figured, like, look, if that's her attitude, who am I to be, you know, whinging and moaning about it? Um, so, yeah, it was a, yeah, there was definitely moments where I was like, yeah, I wish I wish this wasn't exactly what was happening right now. Um, but then at the same time, you know, yeah, Becca was always just, like, focused on the next contraction or whatever the next stage of the process was. Um, so I actually, yeah, again, this probably should probably have been happening the other way around, but I actually got a lot of strength out of her uh, in those moments. Um, yeah. Mm, that's that's well I wasn't expecting that because she she must be very impressive in in a birthing scenario <laughs> because uh, like there was there was t- sure I, I had a section and there was times before I even went down for surgery I was like no no I can't do it just leave her in there <laughs> like, like but again like it's I, I don't know if I'm conveying the sheer impatience and stubbornness that Becca has uh, <laughs> like, like like it was, I mean, I'm like, you know, you could have offered her lots of bargain, like anything involving me, she would have said yes. Like we can throw him out the window and she'll come soon or fine, launch him, doesn't matter. Um, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, the, again, nothing for Daisy, that would have been too far. But uh, anything anything up to and including uh, me, yeah, fine, do whatever you need. To. Um, <laughs> just collateral damage, like, um, yeah, yeah. So then when everything progressed and she was about to, deliver were you I mean obviously Becca was focused and strong and in the zone and ready to do what needed to happen had you discussed beforehand like where where she would like you to be where she wanted you to stand did she want you to be at the business end or did she want you to be with her or and how did you feel about seeing that physically happen 
we had some we discussed like some options um mm. originally uh i think so becca had hoped not to get an epidural um and kind of by the time she was by the time it was basically look you can get it or you can't she was mm-hmm. like okay i'm gonna get it um she decided at that point to get it because you know again the contractions had gotten pretty intense at that point mm-hmm. um so before she'd gotten the epidural she'd intended to be a bit more upright and kind of mobile um mm-hmm. right up until the delivery um obviously once she'd had the epidural she needed to be kind of in, in bed um mm-hmm. so once she decided to be in bed, but she didn't want stirrups um, for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, just this was a thing for her. She didn't want stirrups. Um, so what ended up happening was one of the midwives uh, or nurses, I don't know if she was taking a midwife. I guess they all are. Anyway, one of the nurses uh, and I became her like makeshift stirrups. So like I had her right <laughs> leg and, and the other nurse had her left leg. And we were basically just like holding them up as if we were a pair of stirrups. So, you know, uh, that's, that's where I was for, for the final kind of, uh, I think pushed for maybe, I think maybe two hours in the end, uh, something Jeepers, like that. That's, that's, um, yeah, that's yeah. I think it was. I think it was about two hours. By the time it was like, okay, we're we're actually doing this now. Um, so yeah, and like she she moved positions a couple of times throughout that because by the time she was actually pushing the epidural, they worn off a little bit. So like she did kind of stand up and squat at one point, but the baby didn't like that. The the heartbeat dropped a bit, so um, she kind of went back on, on her back. And then yeah, me and one of the nurses uh, were were her stirrups. Yeah, so I was like. Yeah, I was I was there the whole for the whole show. Um, so you're you're witnessing everything yeah, live. Yeah. Okay, right. Yeah. I, so like, like, I two... don't even I don't even know how I'd handle oh. that. And I have a vagina and have had a child come out of my body. Like I don't it it it's was it very emotional. Like every time I see a baby's head crowning in one born every minute, every minute to strangers who I don't know who live in a different country. I cry, and I'm not a crier. Um, did, were you just like in floods of tears, or what was your vibe? No, I mean this, this probably says a lot about me. Uh, like I get very task oriented, and it was like, okay, I have a job here. My job is to be steer <laughs> right, steer it. You know, um, <laughs> and, and then also like you know, say the right you know encouraging words to Becca. Um, so yeah, no, it was like, it was, there was one moment. So we got into like this rhythm of pushing, like she'd, she'd push and then she'd recover and she'd push and she'd recover. And like, obviously when she was pushing, I was kind of, you know, literally just applying more pressure back for it to be a stir. And then when she wasn't pushing, I was like encouraging her and speaking to her and stuff. And like, I was incredibly impressed by her throughout the whole thing. Like it was, yeah, it was insane. Uh, yeah, like, obviously I admire and respect Becca and have for a long, long time. Uh, but yeah, new, new levels were unlocked that day. But there was a moment where, like, the first little bit of the baby's hair appeared. Uh, and, like, I knew it was the baby's hair because, you know, Becca had prepared herself. So I was like, well, oh, this hair there. It has to be the baby's. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was, I saw this little bit of hair and I was like, fuck, that's a kid. And, like, <laughs> and, like it was just this tiny little, like, postage stamp size. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay, this is serious now. Um and like, yeah, there was the two, so there was like a resident uh, gynecologist and the her attending gynecologist were both like, uh, obviously focusing on the baby. It was uh, just the, the things like I noticed. There was, so the attending gynecologist had like positioned her hand in this really weird way. And it was like, I couldn't understand what was going on. 
because it was like she wasn't really focusing the baby it was like her hand was like lower and it was whatever uh, basically she was like applying pressure so that to minimize the chance of becca tearing um okay but this is what she's doing the whole time and i was like she did like it kind of looked like she was like trying to get her hand in there it was it was very it was a very unusual setup uh, mm. but i was like i remember being fascinated by this and then becca was pushing again and i was like you know snap back into the moment okay. and i'm not yeah. sure yeah like i'm not sure if that was like a defense not a defense mechanism but like a, a coping mechanism to be like there's some very strange things happening here i'm gonna hyper focus on this one tiny <laughs> aspect <laughs> but uh yeah then then you know Be- yeah becca kept pushing and then the next bit i remember is so in seattle where we live in Pike Place Market, there's this thing they do where they, they throw salmon around. There's like this one fishmongers that like, they throw these big ass salmon, I don't know, they're 30, 40 kilo salmon, like they toss them like rugby balls. Um, and when Pippa finally like came out, or like when her shoulders came out and like they basically pulled it the rest of the way out, <laughs> what struck, like what it looked like was them tossing one of those salmon because like they threw that kid on the back of his chest. Like in a way that like, I still haven't thrown, back, thrown Pippa this violently and she's like six and a half months old now. Like I was like, well, that's the end of the gate, so because like it's just <laughs> it's just been launched on the Becca's chest. Um but yeah, it was just uh that was that was like an intense moment. Um where like because it all happened so quickly, like because mm. obviously the head had appeared, it looked like a weird cone head, it was gas. And then, like the head appeared, and then obviously they couldn't do much until they got the shoulders through. Uh, but then once the shoulders were through, it was like they just yanked it out and tossed it on the back of his chest. Um, and yeah, it was all this like, then they got to work real quickly because obviously, you know, blood and scent and whatever else. Um, they were doing all their bits and pieces to take care of Becca. Um, and yeah, one, one of the midwives was just like, just checking the baby's vitals and like, a, you know, tapping his back or whatever all the stuff they do in the, the seconds after it's born um and yeah becca was just like just glowing like i, I know people say it's glowing i don't know maybe it was the sweat and the lights i don't know but yeah, she looked glowing um and yeah i was just like staring at paper on becca's chest uh and yeah it was it was it was a, that was a seriously intense moment um yeah yeah that was a nice moment did you cry no no not in like a not in like a macho way, just like a like I was I was uh, I was overwhelmed and emotional. Like it was it was a very really intense moment, but like mm-hmm. yeah, it was just I was just so happy. Yeah, I'm not really a happy crier, um, but yeah, it was just a uh, yeah, it was just yeah. Becca was just like kind of nuzzling her head. <laughs> Becky couldn't see her face, so like they tossed Pip onto Becca's chest, and I do mean tossed. Um, so Becca's like cuddling her. And Pippa's face is kind of turned towards me. Mm-hmm. Um, and Becca's like kissing her and hugging her, like again, very gently because, you know, um, and they're kind of beginning to just tidy her up or whatever. Um, oh, I had to cut the umbilical cord. That was one thing I had to do. And I was like, uh, yeah, they told me exactly what to do. And it was like basically just, you know, you know, when you see people with the scissors cutting at the supermarket, you know, the big uh-huh. ribbon, <laughs> like it, yeah. was, it was basically like that. But I was like, I'm going to fuck this up. I'm going to hurt her somehow. <laughs> I'm going to hurt the baby. I'm going to, I'm going to hurt somebody. And like I, I snipped or whatever, and like I loved the the actual gynecologist that that delivered with us. Uh, she was brilliant, but it was the most condescending look I've ever seen in my life. She was like, "Good job, <laughs> <laughs> you, you've done your piece now." Um, yeah, so Pippa's lying on Becca's chest, facing me. Becca uh, can't see her yet. Um, Becca's like, you know, she's kind of sobbing. And she's like, "Oh my god, my little girl." Blah blah blah. And then she like kind of whispers to me, 
<laughs> she'll kill me. I don't know if she'll kill me for saying this. But she just whispers to me, she's like, is she ugly? Because <laughs> <laughs> she couldn't see her. And like, we'd had all these conversations. We'd had all these conversations about like, you know if you have an ugly baby. Like, you know deep down. Uh, you know, you gotta know. Uh, but then we were like, will we know? Or will we just think she's the most beautiful thing in the world, no matter what she looks like? Uh, so yeah, Becca couldn't see her face yet. And obviously I called. And I was like, she's beautiful. She's beautiful. Oh my gosh, she looks like fucking you, whatever. Uh, and Becca was like, you're ugly. And I was like, no, she's perfect. <laughs> uh, and then, then, yeah, Becca, I think she was still like, I thought she got a good look at her. She was still uh, still unsure. But yeah. yeah. But I love that regardless of what she looked like, Becca was like, oh my God, I love her so much. Like that's, that's, yeah. you know, without even looking at her face, she knew she loved her. Yeah. Like not that, not that the love would change if you did happen to have an ugly baby, but you know what I mean? Um, yeah. I did, like when, when Lydia came out of me, they held her up because I had a section. So they held her up over like Simba over the, um, <laughs> the, like the, you know, they, they do, they like literally just, they whip her out and then they hold her up like this. And I looked at her and the first thing, the first thing I ever said after that because I, I was shaking and I hadn't really been speaking and Dean was like right beside my head and they lifted her up and I just said she's perfect and it was because yeah. uh now I'm, I mean she looked like a sausage I don't know what I was talking about but the thing was she came out looking really clean so I was okay. expecting I was expecting you know blood and guts and vernix and all of the stuff that comes out with them but she looked really yeah. clean and I, I like it looked like they had showered her off and then <laughs> and then shown her to me you know and I was like yeah, oh, yeah. God, she's perfect and and through the drugs and the spinal tap and the chaos and the 15 people that were all down looking at my cut open abdomen I was still <laughs> able to have the clarity to be like oh my god she's perfect um did you when when you cut the cord and all that kind of stuff happened and they fixed back up and did you get any time to do skin to skin with yeah so so becca becca did skin to skin at the start um Mm -hmm. and we didn't cut the cord i think we waited to cut the cord for like a minute or 90 seconds or something because that was better i don't know what it was yeah um but yeah becca did a bunch of skin to skin at the start and then um once they knew becca was stable baby was stable um I took her um, and like I, I I had my top off so it was like chest to chest or whatever um, and then yeah I the, one of the midwives carried her over and like for me to change her or put a diaper on or whatever not change her diaper because she didn't get wearing one but uh, <laughs> brought her over to, to put a diaper on her and the midwife recorded it like for uh, I don't know she had a Becca must have at some point someone gave her a phone I don't know anyway right. she was recording this like video of me changing the diaper like it took me like four minutes like I was terrified of touching her. Like I just I thought it was gonna break her every time. Like mm-hmm. it was the most delicate thing in the world. Um so yeah, it took me a long time to put this tiny, tiny little diaper on her. Um and she'd let out a little cry when they put her on the table. And like, I don't know, it was just instinct. Like I bent down and like nuzzled her and kissed her and was like, It's okay, it's okay. And she like just she shut up instantly. Um I yeah, Becca was like, Oh my gosh, you recognize your voice. Uh maybe she did, maybe she didn't, I don't know. Uh but that was a pretty cool moment as well. Then there was the embarrassment of taking four minutes to put a diaper on her. I like that's the start. I think at the start, I think about the midwife and Becca thought it was cute. They were like, ah, bless. After like minute three, they were like, right, come on now. We come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Stop acting like it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, got it, got her diapered up and swaddled up, and uh, and yeah, then back and, over to Becca just for for cuddles and photos and. And did you were you scared 
to hold her because she was so tiny like were you yeah 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 like i don't know at what point it was but like for the first six eight weeks it was like just petrified over like a bomb like made of glass uh I like it's gas because now I toss her around the place and like roll around. And like, I mean, obviously, you know, she's still only six and a half months, but um, she's so sturdy now and she lifts her little head up and looks around and stuff. Yeah, for those first few weeks, I was like, like every time I took her off Becca or like um, put her down and picked her up, it was like, uh, I, I'm convinced my like blood pressure spiked, my heart rate spiked. It was just, uh, yeah. yeah, took me, it took me said, a while to Dean, get kind of comfortable with her. Dean said to me for ages after, uh, like for the first, good few months of Lydia's life that he he had nightmares he didn't tell me this in the moment because I think the thought of him having nightmares might have sent me over the edge weirdly but he <laughs> he said that he had nightmares about falling down the stairs while holding her and every time he went to the stairs to bring her downstairs he would just be like that blood pressure like pa- just panicked like physically mentally yeah. panicked how when you took her home how did you guys adapt to this massive change that had happened? Like, and you in particular, like Becca, obviously a lot of kind of mothering instincts would probably kick in. How did you cope with those first few weeks? Again, it was <laughs> that task oriented bit comes up. Like it was like, okay, what's the next thing that has to happen? Like the next feed, the next diaper, the next whatever. Um, yeah, it was and at times I maybe leaned a bit too much into that and maybe I didn't enjoy it in the moment as much as I should have. Um like I loved learning all those things and like, you know, figuring out little ways to get faster, changing her viper, or like figuring out what she liked when she was having her bottle or whatever. Um but yeah, it was like the, for those first few weeks. So there was a couple of things that I suppose not complicated it, but like uh because Becca was uh overdue by like a week or whatever, um originally but her, her, who came first? Her mom came over first. Yeah, her mom came over from Dublin. Um, and so she came down like the wind. Like people was born on a Saturday and her mom was getting in on the Tuesday or something. So we actually only had two or three days where it was just us um, mm-hmm. to adjust. And like obviously your kind of sleep is all up and down and you don't really know what's going on. It's just zombie mode. Um, and then her mom was there. And like, I mean, her mom's brilliant. Um, and, and, you know, slotted into that like grandma role really quickly. But also like, you were kind of hosting her like in, in a weird way like yeah, she was sort of visiting yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you know it was like making sure the guest bedroom was made up and like making sure we had all the bits and pieces for her and then when her mom left her dad came uh becca's dad came um so yeah it was like for the first two weeks there was like visitors there basically i mean you know they're family but they're still kind of visitors in a way mm-hmm. um they so were doing all that and then it was adjusting to all pippa's routine and like there is no real routine for the first few days it's just you know mm-hmm. see what happens next um and then by the time her dad left so her dad left when people was about two weeks old uh and then there was a big rush to get the passport because we had flights back to dublin booked for like when people was three weeks old so like at a uh, two weeks and five days i was like getting an emergency passport because she's like she's, she's an american so she's an american passport <laughs> so i'm like sam like you know literally like and we have to get out of the password office and like they take a photo of pippa and they're like is this your daughter and i'm like that is a splodge that is, that is literally a splodge like that is not identifiable as any human uh but because obviously people can't speak or whatever they basically make you swear 
So like the two of us would stand there and put our hand up and like I saw his heart is his, you know, Pippa Burke or whatever. Um, and then he was like, that was so emotional. And I was like, that was a sham. Like that was that was that was actually a complete. And she was like, no, no, that was just like you know swearing. She was our baby daughter, and I was like, that was an absolute scam. That could have been anyone. Like, this is <laughs> this is how people get false identities and convince them. But yeah, so it was for those first few weeks. It was like there was always just something. The next thing to happen, you know, mm-hmm. get her home safe, uh, figure out you know the breastfeeding piece, which kind of was stop star for us throughout. Um, then like. Her mom's coming, her dad coming, get the passport, get ready to fly to Dublin, get back to Dublin. Um, and then, yeah, then it was like people meeting her. And it was, yeah, it was just, I don't know. It felt like until she was about six, eight weeks old, we didn't get into any sort of routine. It was just mm-hmm. chaos. It was really when we went back to Seattle. So when we went back to Seattle, I guess she was like two months old, give or take. And yeah, at that point, it was like, okay, it's just us. We can get into routine. You know, it's it's a bit more stable. Um but yeah, for those first those first eight weeks, it was just a complete whirlwind. And like, mm. you know, there were moments where uh, I, I didn't do exactly what Becca needed me to, uh, and you know that that frustrated her because she felt like she'd done quite a lot at that point. Um, and yeah, again, it was it was kind of learning learning how to roll with those things, and then you know, kind of following her lead in many ways with, with Pippa, whilst also mm. wanting to not do it my own way, but like I didn't want to just be like. I, I don't want to be just that dad who's like, oh, whatever her mother says, you know, or like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, I, I want to be an equal parent, I guess, uh, which I definitely couldn't be for the first, you know, before she arrived. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was the, that was the first couple of months. And did you have a lot of time off work or how did that work for you? We ended up figuring like, so it took about six weeks in total, I think. Um, we had planned for it to be like, I take three weeks off and then uh, go back to work for a while and then take another three weeks later. But just the way the way it kind of worked out, I ended up taking more of it up front. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, by the time I got back to Seattle, I was kind of back to work um, full time, I guess. Um, and then yeah, that's when we kind of started getting into a routine a bit more. Mm-hmm. And did you did you or do you have any like? extra help like obviously in Seattle you don't have your family because most of your family is in Ireland do you have did you have a night nurse did you have any nannies or helpers or anything like that no 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 uh I would have liked to um it was just something that Becca just wasn't interested in uh at the start I think it was just she felt like she wanted to do it herself really mm-hmm. or do it ourselves you know and i definitely think there were there were moments especially in the first two or three months where it would have been great to have some more help um or would have been great to have just a release valve uh because it kind of like yeah there were definitely moments where i felt like we were putting ourselves through the ringer maybe unnecessarily um but you know again becky kind of led the way and it was like no we, we mm-hmm. you know we've got this we'll figure it out um so yeah, I mean, I think obviously when we were back in Dublin shortly after she was born, you know, we had, you know, family around family, and we had yeah, that yeah, kind of support yeah. system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, you know, we do have some, Becca does have some really good friends in Seattle and like she, she actually joined a, like a, a new mom's group. The place we deliver in, uh, they do like a, for all the moms that deliver in May, you know, for the ones who wants to, they can join this like mom's group. Um, and Becca joined one of them and it actually like 
I think there's 10 or 12 of them in at the start and like four or five of them have turned into really good friends because they've all got kids around the same age uh, yeah, yeah. so like um, again they're not really we haven't really used them for like babysitting or anything yet but just because we are in Seattle and like obviously you know all of Becca's oldest friends and family are back in Dublin um, I think there was definitely particularly maybe like by the time that initial whirlwind was finished there were definitely moments where I think Becca felt a bit further away than we used to uh, being, being over there um and yeah i think having having that mom's group uh really helped in those moments mm-hmm. um but you know other than that like i mean you know again i can't take any credit becca does far more than uh, is reasonable um but yeah yeah we, we haven't had any help yet i think in the new year um we're gonna try and figure something out maybe in that week or so just because like you know anything becca wants to do during kind of business hours like so I'm usually gone from like you know six seven in the morning till five or six in the evening um and I travel a lot for work so anytime I'm away or at work Becca's pretty restricted not pretty it's restricted yeah, do, but like, yeah but it's yeah, all on her yeah, like, she yeah, can't, yeah, yeah. yeah she can't like go to the gym or she can't like obviously she can go and do groceries or go and do whatever else but she can't like go to the gym or like she can't you know there's a bunch of stuff she can't really do as easily mm-hmm. um so yeah, I, I I'd love us to try and figure out a way to get some help there through a week, uh, mm-hmm. in the year. But before then, it just didn't make sense for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what are now that Pippa is six months and two weeks? What are the biggest lessons that you've learned about being a father? The 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 thing I found most helpful is like letting go of any kind of preconceived notions about like what's going to happen next like when it's just me and Pippa or even when it's the three of us like if we get super hung up on we're going to be here at 7pm it's just a recipe for stress it's just like and obviously there's some days you can't avoid that if you're going to catch a flight or if you whatever there's some days you can't get but like as much as possible if you can just go with the flow like like uh, like Becca went away a while ago so I, I was kind of it was just me and Pippa for two and a half days three days and I just like clearly, I was like, I have no expectations. I have no expectations. Like, if I get somewhere, I get somewhere. If we get to go for a walk, we go for a walk. If we do whatever, we did, you know, but other than that, like, and obviously, it does a huge privilege trade to do that. You can't live every day of your life like that because it's impossible. But yeah, the biggest thing, like, the things that cause me the most stress or the things that I think cause the most kind of uh, disagreements for us as a family is like, is when we're trying to force something. You know, it's like, oh, we have to be here by five or we have to leave at this time or whatever. And like, Pippa doesn't know that, you know, she has a blowout or she decides now's the time for bottle or now's the time for nap. I control that. So yeah, that's been the biggest thing for me. The thing that helps me the most is like just leaving all those expectations aside and then like as much as possible go with the flow. And when we can't, yeah, just roll with it and remember the, uh, there was a phrase someone said to me uh, before Pippa came along. Uh, it's, I thought I understood it and maybe I'll understand it even more in the future. But yeah. Like, uh, the days are long, but the years are short. Um, like, you know, there's just definitely days where I'm like, this is never going to end. Like, this is never going to end. But then I'm like, again, her six month, her half birthday was a big deal for me. Anyway. Like, I felt really emotional that day. I was like, well, you know, do this 36 more times and then I can ship her off into the world. <laughs> and, <you> know, <laughs> 36 or 35 more times, I guess. Uh, doesn't doesn't seem like that big of a deal. Yeah. It's uh, plus five boy. Um, yeah. It really does. It really yeah. does. Like, honestly, I, ha- I, you know, when you, when you become an adult, 
time starts to speed up and you start working and then all of a sudden you're you're on this kind of constant like hamster wheel of of bits to do and it's going at a pace and you think god life is moving fast and then you have a child and you're like oh okay someone has put speed into my hamster wheel and now I'm like it is insane the rate that life moves once you have a baby like it really is and it it doesn't slow down in in actual fact I think it just gets faster as they get older so if I and also yeah like what was it where was all the time beforehand like (laughs) when I think about (laughs) now oh yeah 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 how how don't I know like six languages and like have four degrees and like (laughs) the amount of time I had before and I didn't know it I was yeah. like, oh, I'm super busy, or oh gosh, I've no time for anything. And now I'm back. And I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of people who are like, you know, you know, fuck you, new parents, whatever. And I'm like, cool. Like, I agree. I'm sure there's a bunch of it that's just exaggeration. But honestly, I, I do not know how much time I had before Viva. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, I'm still, I'm still going to work. I'm still traveling. I'm still doing all that stuff. But like, just the home lifetime, it's like, just always something there's always a bottle to be cleaned or like a diaper to be changed or laundry so much laundry for such a small individual <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's like yeah where's the time going and then yeah like the thing you said sorry i can go a few more minutes if, if no we're um, no. i know you're uh, on holidays yeah. but <laughs> <laughs> but the thing you said about the it only speeds up as as uh it only speeds up as as she grows as, as lydia grows older like, I feel that a bit with Pippa as well. Obviously, she's younger than Lydia. But the thing that really strikes me is, like, it's, like, all of the all, all of the things that you could describe as annoying, if you wanted to, right? They change so frequently. Like, at the start, it's like, oh, you can't, you can't, like, you know, you have to control, you have to support her neck 24-7 with the feeder every five minutes, as far as I can tell. Like, it's just, oh, gosh, gosh, gosh. Then suddenly, you don't support her neck, and you don't have to feed her quite as frequently. Um, but now she can move. Like, it's like, you get rid of those worries and then it's replaced by like, oh, now she can roll around the place or now she can throw phones off tables or now she can grab a thing. Like, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. okay, well, and then I'm like, oh my God, like, she's going to be walking. That's terrifying. Like, mm-hmm. like how she causes this much chaos and she's still relatively immobile, <laughs> you know? And it's like, then she's going to walk. And then it's like, yeah. okay, she's walking. Then she's going to be able to talk. And what's more worrying is she's going to be able to like actually listen yes. <laughs> and then maybe yes. repeat things. So, yes. <laughs> the listening, so yes, like, that is, that is a huge yeah. danger. And that has only started for me recently because now she can formulate, you know, she can formulate cl- like clear enough sentences that she can just rat on me for things. So, you know, I'll say to her, <laughs> oh, didn't like, you know, just to make up an example, didn't, didn't mean you go to the shops earlier today, Lydia? And she'll go, no. We did not. <laughs> and I'd be like, we, no, me, no, no. Remember we did. Remember we did. Remember we went to the car and then we went to the shop and then she'll go, no, mommy, we did not. And I'm like, oh, Jesus. So she's, she's not, she's not on my side anymore, but you're totally right. Nope. The, 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 that is exact. That is in such an exact description of it because as they grow, you're, you're, you're in a, you're in a phase. So say whatever the challenge is, say you're trying to get a sleep routine in place and that's what you're, big challenges and you're like oh my god this is never ending and blah 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 and then all of a sudden that ends and you're like oh we have our sleep routine that's brilliant and then suddenly they stand up and you're like okay we need to refurnish our whole house and then (laughs) and then they they get a handle on that and you stop worrying about them sculling themselves every 15 minutes and 
then they start doing something else. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, the challenge now is nappy training. And then the challenge is transitioning them into school. And from, from people I've spoken to who have children older than me, that never ends. Your, your challenge ends and then another one takes its place virtually in, in, the, in an instant. So best of luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. But I mean, again, I find that that is, I think that is helpful. Like for those moments that are tougher, yeah. Uh, I think it is helpful to be like, oh, you know what? You'll probably, there will be a day, not not too distant future, where I wish the biggest problem I had is, you know, she likes to smear avocado all over her face and I have to wash her four times a day, you know? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And then there's that, yeah, once she goes out. There's like in in each phase, there's a, a real challenge, but then also something that makes it completely magical, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. so you're you're having this shit show of a time and then they do something that you're like oh my god that is fantastic it's like watching magic live like real magic happen in front of your eyes it's yeah. phenomenal um so mm. yeah we're we're both we're at different stages of the parenting journey but we're both on it um and we're 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 going to move through it together and i de- i tend not to give parenting advice ironically for the host of a parenting podcast but i um <laughs> all i say to people is good luck and call me if you need me <laughs> so <laughs> so that's what I'll say to you um I presume now what you're going to do is go down to your balcony and dive into the Indian Ocean is that accurate uh, well I'm going to try and find the child uh, and, and her <laughs> mother uh see see where they are um yeah I'll find them and then I suppose it'll be yeah lunch um and then tonight's the, the gala dinner for the island so we go and do that. Um, wow! So we, we we've come so on the paper thing. Like we've come here a few times, uh, and um, obviously we were here last year when Becca was pregnant. Uh, and the amount of like the people who work here, like a lot of the same people still work here, and they're like, "Oh, last year she was here inside, and now she's here outside." Um, and like, yeah, she's just like they've all been so nice her, and like she she is this pretty smiley, cute baby. Um, yeah. So yeah, she she's making a lot of friends. So I'll, I'll go and see like, who, what new friends she's made. And uh, yeah. is she like it, like a celebrity on the island? That's so cute. <laughs> she is. Yeah, I mean, she. So one of the one of the people who work here, uh, they they made her these shoes. Like they actually made her like a, a little pair of shoes from like a YouTube video. Yeah, it's uh, adorable. Yeah, it's honestly one of the cutest things I've ever seen. Oh um, my god, it really is. Yeah, I'm gonna have um, to. I'm, so yeah, like, you realize now I'm gonna have to post a picture of that shoe on Instagram so everyone can see <laughs> what we were seeing. <laughs> I will send you. I'll send you a high quality photo of the shoes. Fantastic, um, fantastic. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. So I'll I'll, I'll see who else she has wrapped around her finger. Um, yeah. and and also, you know, Becca started introducing her to solids, which is kind of worrying for me because, like, you now my heart rate spikes like five times during every meal when she stops. Yes. You know, when she chokes or coughs or. Yeah. even look strange for a moment yeah. but like again becca in her classic fashion was like okay we'll just try one new food at a time and it'll be real you know we'll just try one food every day or one new thing and we we'll only do one allergen at a time yada 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 and like this morning she had danishes and she had uh, some avocado and she had some pineapple and she had some <laughs> butter and she has a little bit of chocolate and i'm like okay this is gone out the window so um <laughs> you know and it's like okay great we'll just try all these things and like she looks I don't know. She looks like a compost bin, but now she's finished. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm convinced. I'm convinced only about 5% of it goes into her mouth. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
I, I'm I'm finding sh- myself like go ahead. I'm just gonna say I I am actually gonna give you a piece of advice before we go. Go and um get a get a cardiac doctor just on standby because <laughs> that that heart rate thing that's going nowhere. <laughs> yeah, it's it's honestly like it's and then like after she'll do a little choke and a cough, like hey, hey, hey. I think she has the biggest like shitty smile on her face because she can see like I'm half out of my chair ready to like smack her on the back or whatever. And she's just like <laughs> joking. <laughs> so, so she's already trying to manipulate you, which is a good sign at oh, yeah. six months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah she's advanced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's, a, she's a smart cookie. Yeah. <sighs> I'm not surprised with parents like you and Becca, but um, thank you so much, Rob. I really enjoyed listening to all that from a dad's perspective because obviously um as a mother, I can't, I can't fully identify with the the experience of the dad, but it is as important as the one that the role that we play. And it might not feel like that, but it, it really, really is. And the fact that you prioritize support and Becca is, you know, it says a lot about what you're, what you'll be like as a dad. I think the fact that you instinctively knew to do that. So thank you for joining me from the Maldives, which makes me again, physically sick I like the the comparison out our windows like mine is rain and sleet <laughs> and wind and yours is just like sunshine it was it, it did rain this morning to, to, don't to I know I don't care I don't <laughs> care I really don't I have no sympathy <laughs> but thank if we you. had it done if we had it done this last Thursday I also would have been in windy rainy Dublin so it's just a, a quicker scheduling as well that's all sure that's what we'll that's what we'll put it down to <laughs> Thank you so much for listening and to Water Wipes, the number one baby wipe brand in Ireland, for their support. Their wipes are made with just two ingredients, 99.9% water and a drop of fruit extract. And they are plant-based and plastic-free. If you enjoyed this conversation, subscribe, rate, or if you have time, we'd love a review. You can share this episode across social and get in touch with me or this week's guest. Our handles will be on the Every Mom Instagram page.